This is the House of Pop Culture. I am Anthony Donovan. Durwood Murray. Amy Meredith. And Joe Reeves. And for the next hour or so, we're going to be talking your face off about all things pop culture related. Now, for those of you who heard our last episode, you know that we started a uh, descent into 80s madness, uh, talking about our favorite <laughs> TV shows and movies. Back. And that'll teach you to listen to these things out of order. And now, and now we're really getting into the meat of things because tonight we are continuing our series within a series about the 1980s, one of the best decades ever. We are going to be talking about the music and the fads of pop culture in the 1980s. I have a feeling since we do tend to drone on quite a bit, this is going to be mostly music, and then at the end we're going to like run. Oh, by the way, through fads. You know what? Let's let's just uh, (laughs) let's see where we're going. So take us through this. All right. So tonight. I gave the boys, I think, the hardest homework I've ever assigned. I asked... I busted this out in five minutes. On really? The yeah. There's so much. I asked them to pick their top five songs of the 1980s. And this was hard because there's some good music in the 80s. Oh, shit. I just thought of one I actually need to change. See? Um, also, I, did, I didn't... Uh, I don't have my fun facts, but what I do have is VH1's top 100 songs of the 80s. Oh, shit. I just thought of another one. I gotta change it out. See? <laughs> Yeah, this was me earlier today. Uh, so, and I'll tell you, Anthony was at home, I, and he did an I, entire playlist of songs. I went, I went a little overboard, as I am wont to do whenever there's, whenever there's ranking and music involved. Well, because one of the things that Amy asked so, us to do, you are so one of the guys from uh, High Fidelity. High Fidelity. I, I am. I am. I can't. I can't help it. But uh, Amy asked us to pick our top five songs of the '80s. Like, that's an easy thing that anyone could do, first of all. Right, Durwood. So, what I did instead was I went through each year of the 80s, because I keep a playlist in my iTunes of every year, and my top 100 songs of that year are on that playlist. So, I went through all of my 80s playlists, and I narrowed each one down to five songs. I've chosen five songs from each year of the 1980s. (laughs) And while I will not be going over those tonight, I will be sharing those on our blog. So if you go to our Patreon page, and I won't, char- there'll be no charge, no, no tier for this. Anyone can see it. If you're listening to this, go to our Patreon page. And before you decide to give us money, go ahead and read my top five songs with YouTube links of the 1980s. Can oh, I also nice. can I also post something on the blog, uh, just talking shit about how fucking extra Anthony is? On the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do that, but you're going to have to pay extra. For to know it. me yeah. is to love me. Yeah, yeah. if you want to read, if you. Durwood talking shit about Anthony, then mm-hmm. you're going to have to pay extra for that. I'm sorry. All right. Is Durwood got to pay extra? To be able That's to what that? I meant. Okay, no, cool. to, for Durwood sure to do it, Durwood has to pay extra. Yeah, I got to become a patron. <laughs> you're not a patron? <laughs> I am a patron, actually. Good Thank job. Thank you very much. You're not. Why am I going to pay for this? I'm here. Jesus. Don't you want to listen to us? I listen to you and enough. all of our knowledge? Uh, if you throw some knowledge at me, I'll listen to it. Oh, how dare you. All right, so... Um, a top five. Now, I actually have more than five, of course. I'm sure you boys do as well. Why doesn't anybody stick to the fucking script? I'm not going to say <laughs> it. They're called honorable mentions, motherfucker. It's true. Right? Plus, people have a tendency to take mine. They belong to me. All right. So, kids, who wants to start us? Uh, I will be doing mine chronologically. That's oh the only God. order. That's the only order because I couldn't because I couldn't rank them. Extra, extra, read all about it. I will not apologize what for a being geek. me. Geek. All right. So who's going first? Who's up? Who is it? Who's Allow up? me. Go ahead. Okay. By all means. So, now I um I I did this list a little differently from how I normally do ooh, top fives wait, on wait. the show. One second. 
So yours is chronological? Correct. So I want the years. When we tell ours, can you tell us what year it was? Um, If I know it off the top of my head, yeah. Of course you know it off the top of your head. You never know. You never know. say that like you're not going to know it. You never know. All right. Okay. Go. Um, I, I crafted this one a little differently because ordinarily when I'm doing lists of a particular period in time, what I like to do is I like to pull songs that automatically, when I hear them, transport me back to that particular place in time. And I didn't do that with this one. I went a little bit differently on it. I actually chose songs from the 80s that when I hear now, I love them, and it has nothing to do with the nostalgia. Like, it's just a great song, and I turn it up. And for that reason, you guys will be shocked to learn that there is not one Prince or Madonna song on my top five. What the hell? Holy hell. Yep. Good, because I was afraid you were going to take two of mine. Nope. <laughs> anyway, my first one is from 1980. All right. Still one of the sickest instrumental choruses ever. Gary Newman, Cars. I absolutely love that track because it was such a great introduction to what the sound of the 80s was going to be. And in that respect, it was very much ahead of its time. Because you got to remember in 1980, disco was still cooling. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it it wasn't the kind of stuff you heard on the radio. Cars sounds like nothing that was on the radio in 1980. Mm -hmm. Uh, It sounds an awful lot like things that were heard subsequently. And there's a big Devo influence there, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you could hear that, which I particularly liked. Because aside from Whip It, Devo wasn't getting no love at radio. Uh, So it was cool to have that track as kind of like a new wave introduction for casual radio listeners. And I love that song. It's just got a great build to it. Nice. Great sequencing. I am 41 years old right now. I was 38 years old when I found out that Cars was not by the group The Cars. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) You know what? It's it's understandable. It's fine. Um, uh, for my for my top five. Why do you I, get to go next? We're going. We always go this way around. All right. Do you want to go? No, no, no. Please, by all means. You can go. We no, no, no. literally I do won't. this every time. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to know. Okay. Um, for my top five. I thought I thought of my favorite artists, and I pulled from there. That was my top five, kind of. Yeah. Um, my number five, uh, is Paul Abdul straight up. 1988. Mm. Uh, she was awesome. She tap danced. She was a great dancer. Her videos were awesome. But that particular song, I think that song holds up. That is a good track. She also was a liquor girl. Sure. Everybody's got to pay their bills. And in that video, the man Arsenio Hall. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, great song. Before Paul Abdul was nuts. She made tap dance cool. Yes, she did. And, well, it was already cool. But she put it to the mainstream. Right. Didn't didn't Sammy Davis Jr. kind of make tap dancing cool? Uh, yeah, in the 50s. Didn't Gregory Hines kind of make tap dancing cool? Two tap dancers. Yeah. But not yes. the mainstream. Not the mainstream. I'm, look. Like, you didn't see a pop artist, a right. young pop artist, tap dancing on MTV. Right. No, that's true. But it's not like I saw Paula Abdul tap dancing and said, well, shit, now I want to tap dance. Uh, honestly, her performance on the 89 VMAs where she opened with that right. tap number on that raised platform, that was dope awesome. as shit. Awesome. Agreed, yes, but... Uh, that's just you. She popularized it for a new generation. Okay. All right. Like Pepsi. Yes, thank you. But yes, I'm, I am all 
all about it. Paul Abdul, straight up. Joe. So, my normal um, music taste is <laughs> 60s and 70s rock. So, there wasn't much of that genre in the 80s. And of those bands that I loved, didn't put forth their best efforts in the 80s, let's be honest. <laughs> How, and, it, 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 and my criteria back with the TV was, if it was just the end of the deck of the 80s, I didn't count it. But this one, there were two albums that I took one as an honorable mention that came out right before the 80s that I'm not counting. So my honorable mention is because both The Wall and Tusk came out right in like October, November of mm-hmm. 1979. So I'm not counting those, which is really hard. I appreciate that because that would have bothered me. Because Another Brick on the Wall Part 2 and Tusk are two of my favorite songs. They're great songs. And again, that would have bothered so me. Thank those you. those were the closest I had for rock songs that of bands that I love. Mm-hmm. However... My number five is slightly cheating, but I think you all agree with it. It's every Kenny Loggins movie song. (laughs) So we're talking, I'm all right from Caddyshack. Yeah. Footloose. What is it? Uh, Meet Me Halfway from Over the Top. And Danger, Danger Zone. Wow, he did a so, lot of yeah. like. Oh, if you if you needed a soundtrack hit in the eighties, Kenny Loggins was yeah. your man. So the fact that yeah, though, that's my number. Five. You know what? I'm not going to count that as cheating, Joe. I <laughs> didn't think you would because that, that, is, a, that is a solid valid. package. And I Why, did, thank you. And I didn't think I'd ever say that to you, but no one ever had. No one ever had. Don't worry. <laughs> he has so, two kids. Uh, Anthony, not solid, but it works. Do you want to? Can you name some years there? I'm all right. Was 1980. Footloose was 1984. Meet Me Halfway was 1987. Danger Zone was also 19. Actually, no, Danger Zone was 1985. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. Anthony Meet me Halfway was a little bit. You said it was over the top. Yeah, the, the, it was the arm. The Stallone. That was 87. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A- Anthony is like the best person to take to uh, bar trivia if there's music categories. <laughs> I'm usually the worst. What? It's true. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Oh, just hit my mic. Sorry, Derwin. <laughs> That's what you get. No, I'm showing you. Uh, so for me, the way I picked my list is I went with the um, the songs that had the most impact on me uh, in the 80s. Um, and so... <laughs> And also, you know, shit. The I love always... theme from Police Academy 3. <laughs> <laughs> Be my Mahoney, honey. Not exactly. Sorry, uh, Derwood's taste is suspect. Go ahead. Jesus Christ. We'll start this off light and easy. We're going Take On Me by AHA. Uh, I just remember seeing that video uh, as a child and being absolutely mesmerized and taken. Uh, and that song was just always in my head and never uh, left my head and I still unironically to this day love that song that's a great song song. yeah great 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 song I hate that video and that song why I don't I despise that video you need to give me a good damn reason why it I don't like it it made I I just I never liked it it always like is it because the girl winds up in the trash probably it just always made me feel like (laughs) trash it made me angry why, Amy? Why? I don't know. It was why just are one you of those... dissing everything I like? <laughs> I'm not. What year was that? I, I think it was 83. That sounds about right. Like I, I know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sure, that sounds about right. I'm lucky if they're actually in the 80s. Yeah. I'm just saying. I it, it just That video always bothered me for some reason. My mother loved that video. Well, I'm not 
don't say anything bad about your mama. Are you sure? I'm sure she was a lovely woman. She was. With suspect taste. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Damn. Joe said that. That wasn't me. Kick Joe's ass. All right. Anthony, back to you. Just kidding. It was 85. Um, <clears throat> my next song uh, is from 1981. And uh, anyone who's ever been to karaoke with me has probably heard me sing this song. It is What's one of my go-tos. Nope. Uh, it is Squeeze, Tempted. Oh, that's such a good song. And what I thought was really funny, because I was actually at karaoke uh, a week ago, and I got up and I did this song, and a lot of people weren't paying attention. All of a sudden, all the middle-aged white dudes flocked to the stage when I started singing this. This was their <laughs> jam. Uh, and I didn't know that was a thing, but I was delighted. Um, so I, I sang right to them, and well, the song was actually produced by Elvis Costello. I didn't know that. The man knows nothing about ham. I, Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, is um, he a musician? And the lead, uh, he yes, and the lead singer on that is a guy named Paul Carrick, who actually released a song that I quite love in 1990 called "Live by the Groove." But uh, yeah, "Tempted" is a great song. It was really just—I yes, mean, it's—it's it it's in my head right now. Yeah. It's a, oh, it's so good though. Yeah, that's, it's a good song. That's a song. If it gets stuck in my head, I ain't mad at. I it. mean, it's a song about a literal garbage human, but well, it's a catchy tune. Yeah, which is why I thought it was funny that, that you had a, a flack of. Yeah, songs about really, really horrible. But that's a great beat. I'm sure the woman he was singing to wound up in the garbage at some point, too. So, <laughs> no, but It's funny you had a Four flock of middle-aged dudes uh, coming to the stage as you were singing that song. Like, yes, I've often been tempted by the fruit of another. I, I yeah, Seriously. <laughs> like, they were, like, doing the rock hand and everything. I'm like, wow, <laughs> somebody hired a sitter. <laughs> just like, Sorry, Joe. Sorry, Joey. Um, I don't see any lie. Mm -hmm. uh, my number four would be Cyndi Lauper, True Colors. 1986, yeah. great song. That Excellent. Another song that I think holds up beautifully to this day. Uh, not only is it a gorgeous song, it's the meaning of that song to me has taken on more and more as the years go by. Cause it gay. Well, not just that. <laughs> but thank you, thank you for taking my beautiful poignant moment and like. <laughs> Doing that to it. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I like the song. It's a beautiful song. It's an amazingly well, beautiful song. Well, it was kind song. of funny because I was thinking Cyndi Lauper. And um, unlike most people, I don't. I am not a fan of the song Girls Just Want to Have Fun. That is not even close. You're a fucking communist. <laughs> How do you not like that song? I My just, favorite is the, that song favorite. is pure joy. Goonies are good enough. I love Goonies are good enough. Oddly enough, she hates that song. Cindy Lauper? Herself, yeah, Cindy Lauper, not a fan. <laughs> the only reason she started doing it in concert again was because the fans wanted it. Um, but I was, I was, it was a toss-up between uh, Time After Time and True Colors. Both time excellent choices. Time After Time is. But True amazing. Colors to me is, yeah, it's so beautiful. I love that song very, very much. I probably would have chosen Time After Time personally. Put it on your list then. No. Joe. Put it on your list. So. My number four is actually a band I really like, but um, it's not one of my favorite bands, but I really like it. If I ever just want to listen to music and, you know, calm down and all that, and um, calm down and all that is, I'll put this on. And this is a band that has put out tons of music, hugely popular, and this is their only hit that they ever actually had that charted. I know what you're about to say! Touch of Grey by the Grateful Dead. 1987. And it's it's just, it, it's not their best song, not even close. No. Nope. But um, it's the fact that it 
was their only hit, and it was it's a good song, and it's just but it's really really good, and I love the dead. So not as much as my old roommate Scott did, but. <laughs> Derwood, which you got nothing on that one? Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with the Grateful Dead. I apologize. I'm aware that they exist. There's an ice cream about them. I can tell I'm you familiar. the Grateful Dead <laughs> is more than you think they are. Um, I made a friend back in college who uh, was a huge deadhead, and he um, he played me some deep cuts from their catalog, and there was some shit that that band did that you would have never guessed. I mean, they did some jazz work and like just... Like they did stuff with uh, uh, Branford Marcellus, which mm. was incredible. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just an expansive body of work. Yeah, worth checking out. Duly noted. Durwood. Okay, um, we're talking about an uh, impact uh, on me in the '80s. <laughs> um, growing up where I grew up, which is right side of, outside of Washington D.C., at the time I was growing up, we had one. Yeah, you know what? Let me preface this by saying I'm about to use a lot of language that isn't exactly politically correct. Uh, but it's accurate for the time and it's accurate for the mood that I'm trying to display here. So I apologize in advance, but just uh, bear with me here. Um, me and my family, of course, we listen to a lot of black people music. And um, there was one station where I lived that played black people music, which is really weird because I live right outside of uh, DC, but it's WKYS. And eventually your radio station, if you only listen to one, starts to play the same shit over and over again. And you start to venture around. And there was one day we ventured and we discovered there was another black station, another station for black people. And we discovered this because we heard this song playing that we'd never heard anything like before. I shouldn't say anything like before, but it was totally astounding and mind blowing at the time. And surprisingly enough, it was Parents Just Don't Understand by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Um, I was aware of rap music at that time, mostly from music videos. Um, I didn't hear it on the radio. It didn't seem like something that was I was allowed to have actual access to unless I had cable and was willing to pay for it. The fact that this type of music was being played in a way that I could actually hear in a, in a, in a method that was actually tangible for me was unreal to me at that time. And to hear this song that was about what seemed like another child talking about something that I think about all the goddamn time. It was so relatable. It's, it's a joke song, don't get me wrong. And it's not to be taken that seriously, but I found it so fucking relatable. And to be able to hear this on the radio and to have another black station finally was a goddamn revelation to me and had the most enormous impact you can imagine for a black child growing up in the suburbs. And yeah, Parents Just Don't Understand by DJ Jazz, Jeff and the Fresh Prince, while silly, uh, was a big fucking deal. What wasn't PC about that? I was just about to ask yeah. that. Oh, the, talking about black people music and, and black stuff like that. Oh. Well, we're, uh, we're supposed to use coded language when we're talking about stuff like that. And whatnot, <laughs> but, you know. Urban radio? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because where I lived, I grew up in New England, and that song was all over the radio. Uh, and that's probably because they were from Philly, which is a bit north ah. of where I am. And actually, so parents just don't understand is what people, uh, is usually their introduction to DJ Jazz Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Right. That was off of their second album. Um, their first album actually had what a lot of people heard second, uh, which was, uh, I can't remember the name of the album, but it had the hit song, uh, Girls of the World Ain't Nothing But Trouble. Yeah. That was actually on their first album, but it was released it was re-released after the success of Parents Just Don't Understand. Mm. Um, and they were, yeah, around Philly and north of there, 
people had known of them. South of there, around where I was, they hadn't quite hit yet until it charted. parents just right. don't understand. I just remember uh, MTV. I, I don't remember hearing it on the yeah. radio. I just remember seeing we, it. It was all over the radio. But I remember, like, I, I completely feel you on the whole hip-hop being absent from the radio. But where we lived, we were able to get some stations that were coming out of New York. Lucky. So, like, my brother would go through this exhaustive process of taking his boombox and stacking things so he could put his boombox on top of it so it would be close to the ceiling and having the antenna out at a certain angle where we could we could actually hear like uh Mr. Magic Marley Mall oh. like Biggie talks about we literally yeah. heard Marley Mall's show and my brother would record it on cassette tapes and that is where I heard every major hip hop artist of the 80s so like when by the time Yo MTV Raps came around a lot of those artists were review for me See, and I missed a lot of that stuff being a little bit south in D.C. And so Yo! MTV Raps was an introduction for me. And I got to that stuff a little bit late. I didn't hear N.W.A. for the longest time wow. because of that. So, hmm. yeah. All right. I grew up blacker than Durwood. God <laughs> damn it. There's a shock. The fuck does that mean? Is it my turn again? Yes, yeah, your okay. turn. Okay. <laughs> I, I love that you say inflammatory things and then just brush it aside. Moving I know, on. right? All right. So my next song is from 1984. Uh, it was the only U.S. hit for this band called Talk Talk, and the song is called It's My Life. Uh, it is a big, unofficial gay teenage anthem, obviously, or at least it was to me. Um, that chorus fucking slaps. I don't care what anybody says. It's a great one. You may and, have to hum a few bars yeah. for Durwood. And it also inspired a just kind of okay, no doubt cover version in 2003. You're going to have to hum I a few bars I played it for, for you Durwood. earlier when you asked me what my top five songs from 84 were. And then you said, oh, that song that no doubt cover. Right. Oh, that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, All right, gotcha. Yeah, okay. no, it's great. It's a great song. I'm not really repping for the Americans on my list. I just noticed. Uh, the Americans weren't really hitting in the 80s, so. No, I'm just joking. That's not true. I know it's not true. I, if I only Michael Jackson joking. had had a hit. Fine. <laughs> then to me, then, I'll do it. Not really. Because mine is Faith by George Michaels. <laughs> George Michael. What There's ever? only one of them. Was only one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean. Faith. That's a good song. Uh, it is. It's it actually, is. it's a great album, too. It's a good song. What? I'm just saying, if I were going to pick a George Michael song from the 80s, I'd pick something different. What would you pick? Careless Whisper. That's a good one. Yeah. But Faith is... <laughs> Faith is good, but I'm just saying, if especially if we're talking about 80s songs, you're going to yeah. want that whiny, scratchy sax solo. Yeah, but Faith is like... Okay, Faith, <clears throat> I knew... Because I knew he was gay. Like, I knew it. But then Faith... He wouldn't I, fuck her. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she tried. He was so uptight. Um, but Faith... <laughs> but it's Faith, up there. It's up there. I was like, I know he's gay, but... Mm. Um, how, how, how tight was he? <laughs> you know, up there. Like... Wait. Oh, gotta go there. Like some jungle juice or just The man is dead. Have some respect. Yes, I definitely don't want to tarnish the memory of a dude who was trying to suck an undercover cop's dick in a bathroom. <laughs> Rest in power, George Michael. Why do y'all have to like my choices are good too? Of course they are. Yeah, just not as good as Careless Whisper. What Careless Whisper's a wham song. What? Yeah. God damn it. That predates George Michael's solo ah. career. You can't choose that one then. Mm. By the way, 1987 for Faith. Thank you. Fa father figure. 
Also a great song. Oh, that is a yeah. good one. Mm-hmm. Anthony does that one uh, really nicely at uh, karaoke well, as well. thank you. You're welcome. You're being so kind to me in this episode. I know. Joe? I'm waiting for my so, turn. So my number three is one of my favorite artists of all time. And it, I think this one, the video, everything about it is just perfection. Fat by Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those, and it, I, I, I love the humor as a kid, and so much of it. 1988. And it Ding wasn't dong, until yeah. I was an adult, Ding and I really heard a lot of the songs that he then parodied, and just how straight up genius this man is, and like, and then and then his pseudo parodies where. The artist really didn't want to ha- him to do a song, which he didn't have to get permission because he's also fucking nice yeah. and will ask permission. So he did a pseudo parody of their style and nails like every single one of them. I, and then his original songs are actually good. I, to me, it would be a badge of honor to have Weird Al. Like, Damn like right. Michael Jackson and Kurt Cobain were just all like, like I think Kurt Cobain was the one that said, I knew I made it. Right. Weird Al wanted to parody me. Like, yep. that's how he To me, knew. that's a badge of honor. Yeah. And so, but Fat is just the fact, like. Ding dong. Ding, ding dong, dong, yo. Ding dong. Um, I will tell you, they also do such a good job nailing the choreography in that one. Yeah. And that yeah. is hard choreography yeah. well, in the, that and one. Didn't they use the same set? Yes. Yeah, and like, like, because Michael Jackson was like totally like, oh, what do you need? Like, I will help whatever I can. And um, what I loved about... I've, I've seen... Oh! A, <laughs> oh! 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 <laughs> um, I've seen him a few times in concert. And the first couple times I saw him, like, straight up, they do costume changes. And he yep. performs in the fat suit. Oh, my God. It is amazing. <laughs> it, it really is. God bless Weird Al. Yeah, so that's my number three. Derwood. Okay, so I just talked a lot about uh, the impact of uh, finding hip hop, uh, even on a, a black people station. Um, somewhere along the line in the '80s, I discovered white people shit, and um, <laughs> and never turned back. <laughs> well, I can, I can honestly, I, I honestly remember the first Steely song. Dan that I heard and enjoyed that wasn't by black people and it wasn't something that was from the influence of my parents and it was Pour Some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard uh, I know it's a stripper anthem I know it's not exactly <laughs> deep with intrinsic value uh, but again <laughs> but what of their catalog <laughs> is I mean I know it's no photograph yeah, but. but again huge impact on me I, I think a lot of it having to do with just uh, discovering my freedom when it came to uh, just making my own choices with music and discovering what I might be into, um, yeah, that was a uh, that it's was a good song. Yeah, I mean, okay, that's all right. Little, that one's a little shocking but to it's, me. Yeah, it's a huge impact on me. I would not have put that one on your list. Hmm. Okay. Well, you really don't know me, Amy, but okay. <laughs> really? What do you mean, really? Would anyone here put that on your list that you would think Durwood would pull that song? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think one of the good things about this show in general is that, you know, we all fit a specific type, but, you know, oftentimes we will go out of character and, and pick something that other people might not expect. All right. Anyway, my next one is more gay shit. It's The Smiths. How soon is now? <laughs> from, from 1985. Uh, it was originally a B-side to the song, William, It Was Really Nothing, and the original track was titled Swamp. 
and it was recorded almost entirely while high. Apparently, everybody in the Smiths was blazing up during the time. The original track was 15 minutes long, which was the entire length of a record of a tape back then, and it was later cut to eight minutes. Uh, and it's a great song. It was later used as the theme song to Charmed, which um, a move I still don't quite understand. But I've been watched, rewatching that on Netflix. It was shitty. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but this is this is something I know you didn't know that you will, Amy, you will find very interesting. Ooh. Is that later the whistling uh, part of it? Mark Snow used it as the inspiration to compose the X Files theme song. Nice. He actually lifted a, a whistle part from How Soon Is Now by the Smiths. Oh. But it's a great song. It's it's just one of those ones that is held up, and I think it's it's just it's really cool, and it didn't sound like anything else from that time, and uh, and it's one of those things like it wasn't on my radar when I was ten. I didn't because you know you couldn't hear the Smiths on the radio in the U.S. at the time. But as I got older, it was a song that I discovered, and I really um, I dated a gothy dude a little over ten years ago, and that was his jam. So I have good memories of it. All right. Well, my next one, I loved it the first time I heard it. I could listen to it right now. Pac-Man Fever. Oh, actually, yeah, I love Pac-Man <laughs> Fever. That's just, that's just some funny shit. No, uh, it's uh, Prince. Let's go crazy. God damn it, Amy Meredith. Who? <laughs> I'm Amy. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Prince. Let's go crazy. 1984. That's, shit. I, that is that Are you is sure? to yes. me that is almost a perfect song. I gotta, I gotta come up with a new song then that, on my list. Shit. Um, I, I gotta tell you, I've, I've heard that song live in concert yep. by played by Prince himself, yep. and and on every format imaginable, cassette, LP, CD, you name it, I've heard it, and I still at this point, when no matter where I am or what I'm doing, I will not turn the song off during the guitar you solo at the end. Damn well, better no. not. Who would? It is disrespectful, and you have to hear it. Um, but not only do I love the original, I also love the remake that he the, did. The, two, the 2013 reboot he did with Third Eye Girl. Oh my god, that reboot is so amazing. He is took that? it down to, to a slower tempo and actually interpolated the song um, Frankenstein in it by the Edgar Winter Group. Oh my oh, god, nice. it's so yeah. fucking good. Is that on the album? No, no, but I have it if you want to hear it. Yeah, I need that it's in my life. It's amazing. Um, but it was hard to pick a Prince song. But I wanted to pick one, and of that's you picked mine. That's a great one. I apologize, Durwood. And I, I love the extended mix of it, which is actually the version of it that appears in the film Purple Rain. Yeah, yeah, that's a great version. The piano. Mm. Joe. So my number two is rock. It's not. I wouldn't say it's always one of my, you know, my favorite songs, but it's. I really like this song. Now, whenever like I just want to turn it up, it's just where people play it loud. But it's also political. And it was had kind of a little bit of a political message to it, but then it like shit got real and got real political, like in Congress political. And I'm talking about we're not gonna take it by Twisted Sister. Oh. The fact that like, and then you get D. Snyder and being all like, 1984. Oh, he's not just some like metalhead. Like it's like he's smart. He knows his shit, mm -hmm. and he ain't gonna take yours, and he's gonna, you know, testify in front of Congress. I watched that testimony not too long ago, oh, and yeah. it is it is inspiring. Yeah, and it's like it showed one that you know, hard rock and metal people are not just like these burnouts, and that no, no, we just like loud fucking music, but we're smart and we can do stuff and we can talk smart about stuff, and you can't, and fucking get the fuck out of here, Tipper Gore. <laughs> yep, but yeah, and it's nice now. Every once in a while it comes on, I just turn it up and it's loud. And it's a great song. Yeah, great video too. Mm. 
and they were, and 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 they were in Pee Wee's Big Adventure as well. And I I particularly enjoyed <laughs> the were, tribute to D. Snyder uh, from 2001 uh, with Christina Aguilera and Lady Marmalade. <laughs> I really, um, I thought that was a beautiful callback she to that. It. Yeah. She, she really, I, it. I felt like D. Snyder himself was dry humping a chair. I now want to have D. Snyder do part of a cover of Lady Marmalade. Yeah, yeah. nailed it. Yep, good for her. Durwood. God damn it! Because you took "Let's Go Crazy." I had to think of another song. Uh, you didn't have an extra. You didn't have an honorable mention. I mean. Oh, Sheila by Ready for the World. Uh, I actually love that song. No, I do too, but it's, it's not on the list. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Okay, we'll do this because I've mentioned this on podcasts before. Oh, the book is down, ladies and gentlemen. He's uh, off the rails. <laughs> uh, as I've mentioned. Oh, shit, uh, his shirt is off. And if you if you uh, listen to the podcast, you know that this song holds the distinction of being the first ever song to be noted as my jam. <laughs> Don't Be Cruel by Bobby Brown. We'll go ahead and put that on the list right there. It's a great nice. song. Yeah. Nice. Great song. Uh, yeah, one of those songs for the first time that I had ever, again, uh, picking a song on my own as opposed to having somebody tell me this is a great song, you should like it. I remember hearing that on my own and thinking, oh, this song's awesome, and this is my jam now. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Take great it. Track. All right, well, my last one, uh, fittingly enough, is from 1989. And uh, it's kind of a curious time for me in music because I, th- I was 14 years old in 1989, and... When you're a kid, I think you primarily get used, or at least I did, it was my experience, that you get used to hearing what's on the radio. So a lot of the music of my early childhood is is pop music and stuff you would hear. You didn't really get into like deeper cuts or any stuff like that. But as I be- was starting high school and started to hear different things, I started to really get into college radio. And in Rhode Island, we had a place called uh, a station called WBRU, which, uh, shout out to that, and it used to play a lot of the kind of alternative type stuff or stuff you wouldn't hear on American Top 40. And one of the songs that I became completely obsessed with was by an artist I had heard of, but I'd never heard this song. Uh, And it's Elvis Costello's Veronica. Oh my God, I love that fucking song. And it is it is a song about an elderly woman with Alzheimer's, and it's actually based on Costello's own grandmother. Um, This song bred my love of the name Veronica. Uh, and this was something I didn't actually know until recently. That song was written by Costello and Paul McCartney. Hmm. And not only that, Paul McCartney plays his iconic Hofner bass on the track, which is basically what he did every single Beatles record with. And um, and that was just something I thought was really cool, and I did not know that. Um, but I love that song. I, I And it's kind of ironic that I heard it on an alternative radio station because I would say it ranks among one of Elvis Costello's poppier songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, that song makes me cry. But I love that song. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a great song, but he knows nothing about ham. I, we're going to have to explain that to people <laughs> no. one day. No, no we don't. Okay, there are people who don't have Thanksgiving at our house who listen to this. That's okay. That's okay. Right. But it's a great song. Uh, well, my number one, my number one artist of all time is Madonna. Who? So, so she has to be my number one. And it's like a prayer. 1989. I'm a sucker for a choir. Mm, Um, That makes sense. Yeah, that is a... I put it on right now. It doesn't matter. Like, anytime you put that song on, I'm listening to it. I particularly enjoy the rhythm guitar track from that song. Why? As played by Prince. Prince. Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, Madonna's my favorite artist of all time. She has to be my number one. It has to be in the 80s. It's like a prayer. Joe. So my number one um, is actually a combination of two artists slash bands that um, I love that were had some of their best hits in the 80s, I mean in the 70s. 
And although they all had, there were some great, each individually had um, some great hits in the 80s, when they combined together, they gave us Under Pressure. Oh, and, nice! And Joey's mad at me because I think I took one of his superb choice. Yeah, because you're nice. going a different direction. Nice. No, no. Under pressure is one of my favorite songs of all time. Have you heard that isolated vocal track? Oh, it's it's. And, it, I, and, I, and I gotta see <laughs> Bowie perform it twice live in within a week. You can literally hear the gates of heaven rattle open on that 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 track. Yeah, the, I mean, it. it I've always loved Bowie and Queen, and every once in a while, like I'll like start listening to Bowie, then I'm like, and I'll like play some random like playlist. And the thing that sometimes sucks about play- random playlists with an artist that's done a lot is when you have compilations and remasters, and all of a sudden, within ten songs, you hear the same song like three times. Ten of ten can relate, but but <laughs> also when it's someone you love, it's also like, oh cool, you hear the song again. But then. Um, I, I think my favorite thing this year or well, last year uh, with um, Bohemian Rhapsody coming out is just being like, oh my god, I forget how much I just absolutely positively love Queen and pretty much everything they do. Now I just want to re-listen to the entire catalog. Yep. You were making that description. I thought you were going to talk about uh, the Jacksons and Mick Jagger doing State of Shack. Um, <laughs> that's another one for my honorable mentions. Uh, Ew. Yeah. 80s, top of the list, gotta be Elvira by the Oak Ridge Boys. No. Um, <laughs> I was gonna take that one seriously. Honestly, I wouldn't have been mad at that. Uh, yeah, I, I'd have been all right. Yeah, sure. You like Sam Elliott. That dude's got the so same I was, uh, it, it was kind of funny. I was, I was talking uh, to my coworker about that song the other day because that song came out when I was seven. And I remember I didn't think Elvira was a real name. So when I heard it, I thought they had written it about Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark, because she was the only Elvira I knew of. Wait a minute. Yeah. The song's not about Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark? I don't think so. Can but we check we're that gonna, out? We're going to double check okay. that. We're going right. to contact right. the research department right now. Well, well, we need to actually hear that. what his yeah, number what is one your, is. What is your actual number one? My actual number one is Beat It by Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson did appropriate, inappropriate things with children. Uh, <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Um, while he's holding that up, now I am a little shocked. Allegedly. Allegedly. I am a little shocked. Why are you shocked? Because when I took Let's Go Crazy, yeah. I thought for sure that Morris Day would be on your list somewhere. Mm. Uh, yes, I do love Morris Day in the time. I thought, uh, I thought but I'm also Jungle on, Love I'm or... I'm also on record saying that I'm more enamored with the style and the image of more stay in the time than I am of their music. I do love their music. All right. Uh, but and we're, if we're talking about um, the music and the impact that it had on me and how I came to my list uh, that we made here. Sure. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, the Times music didn't quite rate there okay. uh, the way these other songs did. If right. I may. Yes. You may. The song Elvira was written by Dallas Frazier in 1966. And while it is a song about a woman, the name actually comes from a street in East Nashville, Tennessee. Is that street named after Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark? <laughs> no, because she would have been like six at the time but or something. now there's actually the intersection of Elvira and Mistress of the Dark Lane. And oh, yeah, in the Tits District. Yeah, and, yeah. It's really, and, and there's um, um, a McDonald's there. <laughs> so going back to your number one. Right. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, how dare you? Allegedly, he touched the little boys. Sure. 
Definitely, he did inappropriate shit with I'll little boys. I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, Michael Jackson was on my honorable, but Smooth Criminal was my yeah. song of choice. Uh, video, yes. Song, uh, how many times does he have to ask Annie if she's okay? Until she, she answers. Um, first of all, he doesn't. He asks her for a hoe cake. Annie, are you hoe cake? <laughs> You're telling me that the lyric... Is Annie, are you hoe-cake? Well, it was, it was sung no. by Hulk, right? No. Annie, are you hoe-cake? It's Annie, eat a hoe-cake. <laughs> eat a hoe-cake. <laughs> and the Anthony just died. <laughs> but I want to get back to the fact that that's my favorite Michael Jackson song. <laughs> and I think we've just established that that song is weak. It's his best video of all time. <laughs> uh, no, it is his best video of all time. It is his best time. video, Joey. What, what, Joey what's, his be- no, what's a sorry, better video? No, sorry, Joey. Yeah, it be is a patron his, to find out. It is his best video of all time. Annie, are you hoe cake? <laughs> are you hoe cake? cake, Annie? <laughs> Eat a hoe cake. All right, anybody else got any honorable mentions? Uh, um, yeah. I have a question. Oh, go ahead. What the fuck is a hoe cake? <laughs> you don't know what a hoe cake is? Is it a cake made of hoes? No. no, it's a delicious. It's, the best is to fry it in bacon grease. It's Didn't like you a, watch True Blood? Right, she makes them. She made she she made Tara some hoe cakes. Yeah, that's what it's, it's fried kind, in bacon It's kind of like a it's kind of like a pancake, only smaller. It's kind of a tr- cross between a, a cornbread and a pancake fried in bacon grease. It's fucking delicious. Is so what it's, it is. it's savory. It's a hoe cake. Cause hoes got to eat too. <laughs> <laughs> We have really gotten off topic here. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, 80s movie, though. This so. one spirals. Well, I had Call t- back to the last okay. episode. Did you have any Oliver mentions? No. I had two. I mean, I have a million. I got a yeah. whole list. No, no. We're going to go Listen through Listen to his playlist. Yeah, we're going to go through a big, long list in a minute. Yeah, listen to Anthony's playlist. Um, I'm pulling it up. The two I had oh my. was Flashdance, What a Feeling. Here's Believing. And Do You Want Me, Human League. Oh, Don't song. You Want Me? That, that's what I meant. Yeah, I have so many. I'm just going to call out some randomly from my list. Uh, Private Idaho, the B-52s, Don't Stand So Close, the Police. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Once in a Lifetime, Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie Wonder, Ribbon in the Sky. Oh, uh, shit. George Clinton, Atomic Dog. Oh, uh, shit. Jelly Bean, Sidewalk Talk. Uh, Regina, Baby Love. Um, Heaven 17, Temptation. I love that track. Uh, Kate Bush, Running Up That Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pet Shop Boys, What Have I Done to Deserve This? Good uh, song. Susie and the Banshees, Peekaboo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madonna, Express Yourself. Uh, Catch Me, I'm Falling by Pretty Poison. Uh, the Creatures, Standing There. Uh, a whole lot. Check out my playlist. Joe, did you have a... Uh, yeah, I have Where's My Mind by the Pixies. Ooh. Um, Bad Reputation. Yeah, uh-huh. good one. Money for Nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... Like Sister Christian. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, we are motoring. Yes. Crush on You. Was that by the Jets or by the other Samoan family? That was by the Jets. They weren't Samoan. They were white Mormons. Wait, what? Yeah. Actually, German Mormons. Excuse me. Yeah, the Jets. Are you very white. Are you sure? They were German and Mormons. Wasn't there a family of Samoans doing songs in the 80s that looked surprisingly like the Jets? Oh, uh, maybe I'm thinking I know of Lisa, of. Lisa, and Colt James. They weren't a family. Are you thinking of DeBarge? I might be thinking of DeBarge. DeBarge. But they weren't Samoan. 
They were not. They were, neither just, were the Jets. <laughs> I was gonna say. I think of, of, I could have swore the Jets were Samoan. That like German Mormons. Are you just wanting cookies? What the? Those are Samoas. Oh, that's not bad. Jesus. You racist. Okay. I'm racist. You think the German Mormons are Samoan? Hold on, hold on. First of all, they're huge. Second of all, <laughs> they're not huge. There's 18 of them. That that is actually right. That's how you know they were Mormon. And you know what? Yes, I am or racist Catholic. after hearing these last comments I've just made. I, I apologize <laughs> okay. to all of our, our all of our Samoan listeners. I have much love for my Samoans brother, Samoan brothers and sisters. And he apologizes to all our Mormon listeners. Nah, I mean, we don't which have we have to apologize for a whole lot of other stuff, yeah. too. Holy honestly, shit. Honestly, if you're Mormon and still listening Holy to us at this point. Holy shit. We need to stop this discussion right now. Wait, were they Samoan German Mormons? <laughs> I owe Derwood an apology. Oh, you got that right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't ever fuck with me when it comes to me knowing my Samoans. Okay. He's out of his chair. They were the ba- the the band slash family hailed from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they were German Mormons, but they were also Polynesian American. So they were Samoan. They were a Samoan a Samoan German Mormon family band from the eighties. From Minnesota. From Minnesota. And let, I'm counting them now. Hold on. Let it let it be known. That this motherfucker right here knows his Samoans. Let's there were only twelve of them. There were not just eighteen. Say, though, you were both right. <laughs> I'm just saying, I know a Samoan when I see one. Okay, right. let's not go that far. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, I think that's another. Yeah, let's not impo- get crazy here, Durwood. All right. But that was one of your favorite songs. Let's go crazy. I do love that song. Okay, so I looked up the best-selling albums of the 1980s. Thriller. All right. I, I got the top 20. Tell me if you had this album. All right, ready? All right. All right, here we go. If we had the album? If you had the album or, or liked the album, yeah. Uh, Van Halen, 1984. Great album. Yeah. I, I didn't have it. Uh, I like it. Whitney, Whitney Houston. Yes. Uh, great album. Uh, Can't Slow Down, Lionel Richie. Wait, what's on that one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that's the one that had Dancing on the Ceiling... And all night long, I I do not. Well, Dan, they, they, though you're talking about two different years, they were not on the same album. Fudge. Yeah, <laughs> I had one of them. Uh, well, hold on, we can find out. Let me just close all of these tabs about Samoan '80s family bands. <laughs> there were so many. The '80s was big for Samoan family bands. <laughs> you need to stop. There were the Jets, Samoan Mormons. There were, you know, the bars. The Mormons. Some Mormons. There were the Fuamala-ala-ama-ala-ala-ata-ata-ata-amas. They were some Mormons. Holy shit. It was the one with All Night Long and Hello on it. There you go. Okay, yeah, we had that one. Like a Virgin, Madonna. Who? Stop it. Okay. No, not the who. Do we like that one or no? You guys are not participating. Um, honestly, it is not my favorite if, Madonna album. It is wait, her biggest selling album. Is if we've had if we had this or album, right? Or if you enjoyed that album? Uh, no, I'm well, sure I didn't I, have it. I didn't sure get I to listen. It. I have oh, like a virgin on all three formats right now at home. Faith, George Michael. Oh yeah, yeah, I had yeah, that yeah. Album. yeah. The Joshua Tree, you two. 
That was a good album. Um, I not my thing, but I, I respect it. Never listened to it. Uh, Legend, the best of Bar- Bob Marley and the Whalers. Mm. Oh no, I don't yeah, smoke yeah. weed. That's actually one of that. That's actually a, a seminal album that a lot of people have. So again, I'm, not my thing. A little sad thing. So I know a lot of Bob Marley songs, but I'm horrible at like song names and lyrics. And it wasn't sadly the song Three Little Birds. I didn't know the name of the song was Three Little Birds until listening to a chipmunk's cover of it <laughs> and it came on the TV and said wow. Three Little Birds. And I'm all like, that's it this oh fuck. <laughs> um, and I'm sharing that with y'all. Bad Michael Jackson. Yep. Of course. Yeah. I think everyone had uh, that. The Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Uh, yeah. 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 That was a good soundtrack. I didn't know it, but it's a great soundtrack. I didn't see the movie, but I had the soundtrack. It's a Motown His- soundtrack. Hysteria. So. Def Leppard. I have that, yeah. yeah. Didn't have it. All right, but, your, yeah. The top 10. Top 10 of 19, the 1980s. Slippery When Wet, Bon Jovi. Inexplicably. Yep. <laughs> I Bro- mean, undeniable. Brothers in Arms, Dire Straits. Yeah, good album. Uh, live 19, uh, 1975 through 85 Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band not my thing no that's good Purple Rain Prince of the Revolution yep and that my thing no duh <laughs> No Jacket Required Phil Collins nope I, I actually did have that <laughs> that's that's top 10 selling of the 80s yep yeah that that, that album white oh, people yeah. shit Number five, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. Yep. Mm-hmm. Didn't you already mention that one? No. no Whitney. Whitney. She mentioned her second album first. Yeah. Whitney by Whitney Houston. Jesus Christ. Whitney. <laughs> Thank you. Number four, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. Okay, here's my thing. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I have very bad memories associated with hair metal uh, just because of how I grew up and where I grew up. I will tell you that Appetite for Destruction is about as close to a damn near perfect debut album of a rock mm-hmm. band as I have ever heard. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Now, oh, yeah. all I can think about is that last performance with Axl Rose, like, out of breath <laughs> trying to do Welcome to the Jungle. Do you know where you are? <laughs> <laughs> are you you have a child. You have a child. <laughs> you have a child, baby. You I just, a, although the, the good news... Attack. The good news is, is that Buckethead hasn't had to use the same chicken bucket twice since the tour. That's <laughs> he got a fresh one every night. All I kept thinking was, you know, when there's an interception in football and like one of those big ass linemen has to run up and like they bring him an oxygen mask. It's like somebody running out on stage. Damn. Number three. Born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen. That is a good album. Yes. I never listened to it. This one really shocked me. But you've probably heard every song off of it, possibly. This one shocked me. I did not see this one coming. Number two, Back in Black, ACDC. Yeah, that was a huge Oh, yeah. That one really surprised me. I didn't think that'd be that high up, though. And that's like the poster child album for, like, how you deal with grief and losing your lead singer. Mm -hmm. Make your best album. (laughs) Uh, And to the shock of no one, I hope, in this room... Number one, Thriller, Michael Jackson. I don't know anyone who did not own that album. I know. Honestly. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album cover was great. If you opened it up on the inside, he was holding a little baby tiger cub that was so fucking adorable with his sweet ass white suit and that sick Jerry curl. All right. I have a feeling we're going to go that over an hour, so folks. So hang on. Long. We're going to. I'm not going to read all the top 100 from the 80s, but yay or nay if you like this song. We're going to go quickly here. Turn it up or turn it off? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Here we go. I'll just... Uh, what's those the ones I know you guys like? My Prerogative. Yes. Yeah. Classic. Brown. Let's... Uh, 
Wild Thing, Tone Low. Oh, I love that song. Uh, thanks, <laughs> Van I, I, Halen. I like Isle Thing by Weird Al better. Thanks, Van Halen. Addicted to Love, Robert Palmer. Classic. I, I, yeah. I like that song. Uh, Word Up, Cameo. <laughs> not Word not up. one of their best, but a good song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty oh, she blinded me with science. Anyone? Science. <laughs> hey, Young Thomas yeah. Dolby could get it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I said it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I yep. feel fine. <laughs> no? Yeah. I want to know what love is, foreigner. I want you um, to show. We didn't really hey, get to the arena rock. Hey, 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 I just saw them last I, summer down at whatever the hell it is. I like arena that song. Down just, down. I got two words. Rona Bennett. That's all I'm going to say on oh, that. God. Mr. Roboto. I haven't yes. heard that song in so Don't long. Don't yes. to. <laughs> I'm all about the stakes. I, I like that song. Ooh, Push It. Salt and Pepper. Classic. Ah. Mm-hmm. Push it. Another song that started off as a B-side. Get up on this. Fight for your right, Beastie Boys. Classic. Not their, not their best, but a classic. Oh, someone we didn't mention. I'm kind of surprised. Nasty, Janet Jackson. Oh. Not not as good as Sandra Prill's version. <laughs> <laughs> Look up. Get get to YouTube. Yeah. Look up Sandra Prill, and Nasty. Honestly, You'll I thank me. I think uh, Janet Jackson did her best stuff in the 90s. All right. Well, of course. I mean, you know, have you seen her lately with that tour where she looked at her weevologist and went, I'll tell you when I'm fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So it looks like, it honestly looks like she has a sheepdog sleeping on her head. <laughs> I mean, Janet, I love you, but damn. Uh, one of my favorite songs of all time as well, Love Shack, the B-52. Oh, yeah. Yes. Classic. The song's the shit. Uh, uh. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Jenny, Jenny. That song's overrated. Almost impossible to find on karaoke, and that's a shame because I love that song and I would love to sing that song. Everybody, shimmy. Love is a battlefield. It really is. <laughs> I love that video. I love that video. Uh, our lips are sealed. The Go Go's. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Jesse's girl. Yeah. Well. The opening riff of that, the guitar. It's Neil Giraldi, Pat Benatar's husband. Playing that. Oh. Whenever I hear that song, though, and I start, to, I wish that I was Jesse's. No, I wish that I had. No. <laughs> I wish I had a Jerry Curl. <laughs> oh, love the song. Need you tonight in excess. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, song. good one. That's a good. That's sexy. Yeah, it is. That's a good one. Uh, don't stop believing. Journey. I, I fucking uh, hate that song. I mean, with every fiber of my being. I hear it on TV shows. It's at every karaoke bar. Leave it alone. <laughs> stop it with that fucking song. All right. But we're just not going to stop what believing Thurwood. This is what VH1 considers the top 10 songs of the 1980s. Ready? You Shook Me All Night Long, ACDC. Good right. song. Oi. Walk This Way, Run DMC. Oh. That's a good one. Yeah, no, featuring Aerosmith. Yeah. Like a Virgin, Madonna. All right. She has better songs. Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses. That's a good one. Good. Okay. I Can't Go For That, Hall & Oates. In the top ten? Number six. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're better Hall & Oates songs. What is this, songs. the top ten songs you'll hear in an elevator? What? Better Come Hall & Oates songs. Yes, I hear You Shook Me All Night Long all the time in an elevator. Number I would five, rather. When Doves Cry, Prince. Okay. All right. Four, Billie Jean, Michael Jackson. Solid choice. Three, Hungry Like the Wolf, Duran Duran. Good song. Good song, but it shouldn't Uh, be ahead of those last two. Agreed. Durwood, number two, Pour Some Sugar on Me, Def Leppard. Nice. Um, Calling bullshit. I I also don't think it should (laughs) be ranked that high. Yeah. Y'all are not going to like this. Number one, Living on a Prayer, Bon Jovi. I want to flip this fucking table. (laughs) That's not even the best Bon Jovi song from the 80s. But it's also VH1, so... Yeah. I'm just... I'm shaking my head. Okay, yeah. so I 
I, you give love a bad name is, okay. is the best Bon Jovi song from that time, yes. I jumped on and I just, I put in best fads of the 1980s. Here's what we got. <laughs> Here's what came best. up. Best. Poodle skirts. Big hair and crimped hair. Now, I, yep. my hair was fucking crimped. Oh, my hair was crimped too. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, Valley Girls. Uh... Oh my the, god! There were a but, which is really funny because I I grew up in Rhode Island, so there were a lot of girls in the mid '80s that used to pretend they were from the Valley, and <laughs> they just talked that way, and it was really dumb. Gagged mm-hmm. me with a spoon. Uh, the Thigh Master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Suzanne Summers. That was not a TV show. No, that was she's the sheriff. <laughs> Boom boxes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Is that I really remember. a fad? It, it was. It was, of course actually. It was. Well, like, are you talking about the ones that they had a yeah. hole yeah, on like your shoulder? Yeah. The bigger, the better. It showed your status on the streets. Where apparently, when I looked it up, you had to buy like eight, nine, like the big dumbbells. Oh, yeah. D cells. Yeah, batteries. And it made it last you a day. Made it wear, weigh 54 <laughs> pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you had to commit to the boom box. Yeah. Cabbage patch dolls. Oh, oh yeah. I had several of those. Care Bears. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I yep. love the Care Bears. Uh, acid Wash Jeans, which are coming back now. And they should not. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that's about. One of the worst things on earth, and I doubt you guys had to wear them, jelly shoes. Jelly shoes were the fucking No, worst. I never wore jelly yeah. shoes. I didn't wear jelly shoes. My I kids did do. wear I did wear jelly bracelets. As they did I. They were the worst because they got dirt in them and they would rub your feet and your Oh, it was disgusting. Because they were like sweaty. rubber. Yes. Yeah. It was awful. Uh He Man, apparently. Hell yeah. 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 Uh Neon. Yeah. Bright, bright neon. Miami Vice Fashion. Oh yeah. Oh the the yeah. blazer with yep. the with a t-shirt. Yep. Yes. Yep. yep. And, and the sleeves like pushed the up. Glow and the loafers t-shirt. with no, no socks. socks. Gross. <laughs> uh the mullet. Nope. I I had one. You had to have a fantastic I, I, mullet. I had, what a mistake. I had some degree of one. I will, there, I will grant are... you as far as Roadhouse goes, Swayze's mullet in that is pretty fantastic. Yeah. You want to know what's worse than a mullet? Ever seen a black dude with a mullet? <laughs> Uh, actually, yes. Yeah, yeah. That is some scary shit right there. Uh huh. You see a black dude with a mullet. That's wherever you are. You don't want to be there. Yeah, because it, it looks it looks like someone took a like a, a they decided they saw an afro and decided to do a chainsaw sculpture on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> looks a like black man with a mullet. Looks like some it's fucked actually, up helmet. That's topiary. Is what, <laughs> what happened? There. Looking like Garnet from Steven Universe. Yeah, like, right. Oh my god. Uh, the Rubik's Cube. Uh, it's I still around, it. actually. Loved it. Loved mm-hmm. it. Uh, the thing that I, I and I don't like that they're kind of coming back because they fucking hurt slap bracelets. Slap bracelets yeah. were the worst. I don't remember those in the 80s. I remember them in the 90s. No, uh, it was the 80s. I don't remember them being painful. Yes, like they would. Oh, they were, and especially if like the metal part like came out of the protective. If it was exposed because you've been doing it too oh much. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, leg warmers uh, as fashion, not yeah. as a dance accessory. But I only saw dancers wearing them. No, oh, no, I saw no. I saw everybody wearing them out and about. Yes. Weird. Yeah. Uh, agreed. The parachute pant. Oh, oh Jesus! Yes. Back I... in my back in my b boy <laughs> days when we would uh, cut up the uh, the box and lay it down so we could get to the breaking. Uh, we uh, definitely wore the parachute pants. Mm-hmm. There's a there's pictures of me. I, I won an award in 1985 for my artwork, and I literally accepted the award wearing gray leather parachute pants with zippers all oh over my them. God, <laughs> uh, members only jacket. I had, I had one in one. every color. 
My father still wears one. My dad had one in black. I had one in navy blue. My brother had one in burgundy. Uh, my brother had a gray one. Uh, last but not least, shoulder pads. Yep. Oh, uh, yes. Even as a child, my clothes had shoulder pads in them. I used to wear my mother's uh, cardigan sweaters um, to school in the 80s because they had the cool uh, uh, shoulder pads. Oh, my God. Yeah, with a with a, with a a button-down shirt, a bolo tie, and a fedora. Oh. <laughs> wow. I was... Uh, Extra, extra, read all about it. Oh, yeah. I said earlier. That, yep. that, is, that is special. Uh-huh. That is special. <clears throat> Right. Let me tell you, I had to beat off the bullies with a stick. I just... <laughs> That's all I got for you. And you know they the... took that stick and beat you. And beat me. No, they wouldn't what do that. What about Transformers? Transformers with a bomb. That was yes. a television show. They still are. It was also a and toy. A toy. By it the was way, a toy first. Shout out to anyone who has seen the movie Bumblebee. Because in the opening sequence, they actually do the war on Cybertron. And all of the Transformers look and sound exactly as they did in the cartoon, and it is fucking amazing. Yeah, oh, shit, I, now I gotta see that movie. When I heard about Bumblebee, I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's like, anyone that was a fan of the Transformers in the 80s, this is the movie you've been waiting this to see. This is the movie you wanted. It was good. I enjoyed it. And I this was is not what a, it was supposed was to be. And I know you were uncomfortable man. with the female lead looking like she wanted to fuck a Volkswagen through the whole Constantly movie. Constantly looked like she was ready to just make out with that robot. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with I that. I mean, we really shouldn't kink shame people. 10 of 10 can relate. Oh, whatever. All right, that's it. We're done. All right, well, if you remember the 80s and you you hear uh, some songs you think we may have added, we should have added to our list, or, you know, some honorable mentions, or some fads from the 80s that you would like to forget, or, you know, any embarrassing pictures you want to send us, we'll take those, too. Uh, <laughs> please get at us on our Facebook page of the House of Pop Culture, or you can tweet us at Pop Culture House, or you can get a dose of my funny every day on Twitter. I'm Anthony Donovan at Daboy, D-A-B-O-Y. I'm at Reggie Swing. I'm Prisoner246 Obi-Wan. Or you can email us at thehouseofpopculture at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. We would like to take this opportunity to thank all of our patrons from Patreon. We love you! You guys make Ow. this show possible. Thank and we thank you. you so much for all of your generous support. And if you liked what you heard here and you are not yet on our Patreon page and haven't become a patron, please consider becoming a patron. You can check out all of the different levels of membership that we have for as little as a dollar a day. You can unlock all kinds of exclusive content. You get to hear our pre and post show notes from sound engineer Joey, and you get to hear a bunch of really cool stuff. Our shows within the show, special full episodes we put on there, which are really cool. And we want you to be a part of it. We want to thank everybody at the community building in Hillcrest and sound engineer Joey. We love y'all and we will see you guys soon. Woo! Ow. That was good, guys. Sound, sound like it was hokey.